fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. We are halfway through the week already, which is kind of exciting to me. I, I enjoy that. We see the light at the end of the tunnel, the post-to-post Monday, the pre-pre-Friday celebration, the midweek. That's the way we roll it right here on the Voice of Reason. Welcome into the program, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country. On radio and on TV and on live streaming and on podcasting, doesn't matter where you're at watching or listening, we appreciate you so much on all of our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv. Yeah, we got it on there, the video stream. We also have it on OurFreedomBook.com, the anti-Facebook alternative at OurFreedomBook.com. Also on Instagram and on TikTok, you can find us all at Hoosier Reason, along with the website at HoosierReason.com. Your Millennial General reporting for duty today, the way we do every single day. Uh, big show lined up for you today. I'm excited. I'm jazzed. Just got off doing one more day, filling in for the great Mark Walters on Armed American Radio. little plug on him. Love filling in for his program. We had some fun on that program today. That was kind of nice. At the bottom of this hour, Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th Congressional District here in Kansas, in my home district, uh, in the middle of the country. He'll be joining us from Washington, D.C. to talk about the latest going on there. Uh, we have a lot of questions. The infrastructure bill, we'll get into some of that. Plus, we have the appropriations process. He is on the Ways and Means Committee up there, you know, doing budgets and taxes and spending and getting the federal budget in order. Kind of important stuff. So look forward to chatting with him in just a little bit uh, at the bottom of the hour live from Washington, D.C. I don't know if you saw this. There's a lot I want to get to today, so we'll try and do some hit and misses across the uh, line here. <laughs> While we talked uh, yesterday about the Joe Biden versus uh, Vladimir Putin issue going on in Washington or in the G7, remember? Like the you know, the Arnie versus the Danny DeVito type of mentality here that we have between Vladimir Putin and jo- Joe Biden. Yeah. We have Vladimir Putin really not caring what he's saying, going after the administration, which a communist thug that he is, it's sad when he's actually right on issues and calling out America for some of the stuff that we're doing because of the shadiness that our government's doing on the on our own people and stuff that he's like, if you're going to come out and me, like, why don't you look yourself in the mirror because you're doing the same stuff in uh, Washington, D.C. with the D.C. Uh, January 6th protest with some of the stuff you're doing with Black Lives Matter. We don't even have that stuff over here because we make sure things are running smoothly, which they're not because they're communist dictators, but they try to show that they are. And he's right on some issues with calling out America for some of this because that's not who we are. Well, there was a sneak peek about the talking points from Joe Biden. Now, when we talk about sneak peeks of the talking points from Joe Biden, I'm really meaning we got to get a glimpse of the inside of his forearm where we wrote them on Magic Marker. <laughs> See what I did there? That's called a joke. Now, no, seriously. So we had Rumble.com actually had this on um, a couple different pages. Biden exposed for reading anti-Trump talking points off of flashcards. This is, remember, now he can't do a press conference and actually take Q&A because he doesn't know how to respond to them. He stutters all over the place. They try to cut him off. He's like, he has to ask permission. Is it okay? Can I take some questions? Is everything, everything good here? Are we good? 
and he does one or two with a with a list of who he can call on. He answers a couple questions, then he goes about his day. Then he has his press secretary come out and be like, "Well, you know, I'll just circle back to you on that one because I don't really know the answers because we really don't have our stuff together here." But the talking points that we were able to see was a picture of the DOJ talking points for the President of the United States, Sunday, January 13th of 2021. And here are the bullet points that he has. Now, he reads these. He barely can read those, but he reads them. Trump abused power. Trump DOJ out of control. Now we have to clean it up. I've made it clear. that he's. This is actually on there. He can't just ad lib. For those of you that don't know, most of you can ad lib. Either you do bullet, which I do bullet points. When I go and speak at events, I have bullet points. I cannot write a full script because I can't stay on script. I'm a radio host. If you look at my show prep, which I'll show you here for a minute, I have talking points on the things I want to mention. I have references to articles that I want to bring up. And then I have little quotes or little stats or or, uh, different statistics that I want to talk about. Outside of that, I ad lib this whole program, which some are like, Andy, it's totally obvious. But I ad lib this entire program because I can't read scripts. I can't do the... Welcome to the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. I can't do that. I just, whatever comes to the tip of the tongue at the time, uh, I go through a filter to make sure it's FCC approved most of the time, and then we continue on. His here are semi-bullet points, but at the same time, they're scripted pretty interestingly. Here's what one of them say. I've made it clear this DOJ will reflect my values and principles and priorities, not Donald Trump's. That's a talking point. Now, just to put myself in that situation for just a second, you're president of the United States, you're making a press conference, you're trying to make some bullet points here. I don't need a bullet point to tell me, I've made it clear this DOJ will reflect my values and principles and priorities, not Donald Trump's. Like, if I'm going after some my opponent, the former president, and I'm trying to make some talking points, I wouldn't have to have a bullet point to say that. I'd say, you know what? We've mentioned this many times before. The DOJ is going to be under my administration. We're going to make sure it's doing my priorities, not what Donald Trump wants because he's not president any longer and what he did in the past was bad or yada, yada. And guess what? It's going to happen on our watch. It's going to happen on our mode, and we're going to do these X, Y, and Z bullet points. And I can do that without even having to read a teleprompter. But that just shows the state of mind that that currently the quote-unquote, air quotes right now, Joe Biden, president of the United States, is actually running off of Trump abused power. Man, you know what? I can't remember that one. Need to write it down. Little bullet points. I find it hilarious because this is the level that we're at now. Uh, I get it. There's a lot of social media out there to where they try to shorten your attention span to about an eight-second rotation. My generation's terrible at it. We have an eight eight to 12-second attention span. You need to you know, keep their attention going every few seconds or else they lose interest and they start to glaze over. That's why, for me, it took me a long time to actually do talk radio. It took me a long time to go and sit at political conferences because I would start to zone out after a minute or two listening to someone on stage banter and talk about issues. That's why, for me, I don't think it was like an OCD or an ADHD thing or anything like that. I just think it was, you know, my brain was not programmed to pay attention for long amounts of time and be able to uh, receive that information and to maintain that information. It's hard for a lot. That's why my show is a little bit faster, a little bit more energetic. We try and keep things moving, and I'm a little bit faster talker because there's a lot that I want to get out, and I want to get it out before I forget it. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but man, 
I feel really bad for Joe because this guy, he has to have the most basic, simple talking points. Not only is it just stupid that the Department of Justice, he's just going after Donald Trump as opposed to talking about what he wants to do. That's one major issue that's kind of the obvious one. Like, hey, maybe we should talk about your agenda. What do you want to do with the Department of Justice? Should we you know, be investigating Hillary Clinton and emails sort of thing? Should we be investigating Black Lives Matter? Should we be investigating you know, some of the insiders that allowed people to go into the protests of January 6th? Should we, what should we be investigating here with the Department of Justice, Joe? Um, middle class Joe is what they like to call you before because you were part of that middle class, quote unquote, which you really weren't. That was a lie. But what should we be investigating, Joe? You have a press conference talking about the Department of Justice. This is what you're talking about. Donald Trump abused power. I will make it clear that they will reflect my values and priorities and principles, not the principles of Donald J. Trump. Man, I feel really bad. Welcome into the program. we got a lot to get to today. So we have a awakening, quote-unquote, for the millennial generation on health issues when it comes to COVID-19. It's been an eye-opener for many individuals with the last year with COVID-19. I want to get to that, not to mention the identity politics back in the news with an identity crisis right now in Hollywood. As some are now starting to apologize for the movies and TV shows they're making because they didn't use a diverse enough crowd while trying to make a movie about diversity. They're apologizing at their own lack of diversity while they focus their attention on diversity. At the same time, there's a book that's come out, and I completely agree with it. We'll try and get the... Uh, author of the book on the program, Identity Crisis, How Politics of Race Will Wreck America, which is absolutely true because if anything's going to destroy us, it's going to be identity politics. So I want to get to all that today here. But real quickly, I want to get off the subject of Joe Biden for a second. There's a story out of Town Hall that was actually sent to me by a listener, and I truly appreciate that. I love getting show prep. I love getting ideas and stories that maybe I miss or maybe I didn't make a priority because I saw it and I blew past it. But if something's important to you that you want me to talk about, you're more than welcome to send to me. Just email it to me at who's your media network at gmail.com. Again, who's your media network at gmail.com. You can send to me. I, I and This is a story that I got from a listener. So it's kind of sort of from our mailbox. What's in the mailbox? And this is an article out of townhall.com of a group of parents sent their kids' face masks to a lab for, uh, for analysis. What do you think they found? Now, I don't know what's going to look like for the school year coming up in, in the fall for August, September for schools across the country as they go back into classrooms. They're trying to vaccinate teachers, which most teachers across the nation are vaccinated. They're trying to get children now vaccinated, which personally, my personal opinion, if you're vaccinating 12-year-olds or 10-year-olds, that's borderline child abuse. I'm just throwing it out there. I know they say there's no harm to the children, but at the same time, children um, don't get sick from the virus. There's a handful of kids that have actually gotten sick from the virus, and we don't know what type of prior ailments they had. And if a child does have a prior ailment, then I'm guessing they're probably not going to go to the classroom because they don't want to spread the virus. I, it just may be me, but that would be my guess. If they already have pre-existing conditions, you probably aren't going to expose them to a mass population of kids. They're going to be you know, wiping their snot on their hand and giving their teacher a hug. I don't know about you. That's just what my speculation is going to be based on common sense and reason. But parents a little concerned about the face mask wearing on what's going to happen with children going into the fall semester. So they had their kids wear face masks and they sent them into labs to get tested. And oh boy, can you imagine what was in that face mask other than like smeared mac and cheese, <laughs> which I'm sure was probably in there as well. Here's what the story said. Out of Gainesville, Florida, a group of parents in Gainesville concerned about potential harms from masks 
submitted six face masks to a lab of analysis. Six. That's it. The resulting report found that five masks were contaminated with bacteria, parasites, and fungi, including three with dangerous pathogenic and pneumonia-causing bacteria. No viruses were detected on the face mask, and although the tests are capable of detecting the viruses. Now, you got to remember here, this is going all the way back to like March of last year with some of the Fauci emails that have been released, where he says that, number one, there's a certain demographic of people that actually get affected by COVID-19 that includes the elderly, the immune compromised, and people that are obese. Young children really don't get sick from it. If they do get the virus, they're usually not symptomatic, which goes into the other email that shows that Dr. Fauci said that you cannot spread the virus if you're asymptomatic. But that was the whole point of us wearing masks and getting vaccinated is because you don't know if you're spreading it around if you're asymptomatic because you could still be infecting other people and make them die from your lack of a responsibility. Now we found out that that's just a bunch of bogus crap and that's not actually true. Uh, Here's what it came back to show. The analysis, uh, you know what, I don't have enough time to read through this, so I'll wait and do this after the break uh, to read the list of things that come out. My question is, is that with kids having all these things in their mask, is it good to isolate it so they're not spreading it? So the mask is a good thing and some people advocate for, yeah, you know what, keep that mask on and keep all of these fungi and bacteria in your mask so you breathe them constantly. Or... Uh, So that way we don't spread it to other kids. Or is it a good idea to take the mask off of the children, let them breathe, and if they have those in their breath, to get it out of them instead of circulating it back into their bodies and breathe it back in? I don't know. We'll talk about that when we come back and see exactly what type of things they found in these masks. Only six masks of children, of young children. This is what they found. Crazy how the other side's not talking about this. It's The Voice Reason. Stay here for a Wednesday. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com.
Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great Republic. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. 24 minutes past the hour, radio and TV and live streaming and podcasting wherever you would be watching or listening. We appreciate you and you know it. We love you. So six parents or six uh, parents sent in six different face masks of children wanting to know what's in there because they weren't con- they were a little concerned about their kids wearing face masks which come on man now i have to admit the children are very impressionable as you know because when you tell them to do something usually they'll do it when they're a lo- little enough age at some point i have not quite reached this level yet for a little voice of reason but they start to rebel on everything you say right now they still hang on to it and just do it because they just follow what mommy and daddy say so i'm holding on to this moment as long as i possibly can because i know the rebellion's coming at some point uh but at this point I, I I feel like I feel bad because for a while there, you know, when you had to wear a mask to walk into a store, like a uh, little voice of reason, she would be the first one to wear a mask. And I would be like, I'm not wearing one. And she would, Dada, you have to wear a mask. Like she was telling me, now she's good. We're like, you don't have to wear one anymore. You're good. So she takes it off and she doesn't worry about it. But when we said, you know, you have to wear a mask, they tell you, so you have to wear a mask. She was the first one to put it on because she's such a, she's so good. She follows the rules so nicely. I hope that never goes away. Pipe dream or realistic opportunity here? Not quite sure. Andy, you're just delusional. I know. I know. But I didn't like her wearing the face mask because you're right. Kids, they have a lot of germs. Obviously, they wipe the snot on their hand. They go and play ball. They go and play in recess. They sneeze on each other. They spread things around. And guess what? This may be a shocker to some that live in bubbles and are very terrified of germs and and think that, you know, the boogie monster is going to get you in bacteria every time you walk outside. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. There are a lot of doctors, both holistic alternative medicine doctors and regular mainstream doctors of Western medicine that all say that you need to build up tolerances, which means you need children to get sick. Go make them eat dirt in the backyard when they're playing outside. Make them get the chicken pox. Make them get the flu. Make them get the stuff because they have to build up a tolerance to build up their immune system. You have to. So my question is, if you send this in and you get all these different things back from like five out of the six different masks that they sent in, is it good to isolate it in their face because they're breathing this stuff onto the mask and they're breathing it back in? Or is it bad because they're not getting it out of their system to breathe out into the world, this biological world that we live in, for someone else to potentially breathe in? Is it good or is it bad to isolate these? There are a lot of people right now that want to wear masks all year long or at least during flu season. So here's what they had to say. According to townhall.com, a group of parents in Gainesville, Florida, concerned about potential harms from wearing face masks, submitted six face masks to a lab for analysis. The resulting report found that five of the masks were contaminated with bacteria for parasites and fungi, including three with dangerous pathogenic and pneumonia-causing bacteria. No viruses were detected in the mask, although the test was capable of detecting 
viruses, meaning it could have found COVID if it was in there, but it wasn't in there. Here's what they found. They found 11 alarmingly dangerous pathogens on the mask. They found streptococcus pneumonia. They found tuberculosis. They found meningitis. They found, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce that one, acathemoeba. Um, they found pneumonia bloodstream infections and UTIs resistant to antibiotics. These are all just in the masks that they found out of five out of six masks. They found pneumonia, tuberculosis, meningitis and sepsis. They found pneumonia through bloodstream infections, including UTIs. They found E. coli in food poisoning. They found causes of Lyme disease. They, they found diphtheria. I don't even know what diphtheria is. They found uh, pneumophila. I don't even know what that is. Laryngitis disease, something like that. I don't even know. They found all these different things that I can't even pronounce in the mask of children who weren't sick at the time. What does that tell you? That tells you two things. Number one, that we already have the stuff in our system because we need to build the antibodies to it. Number two, let the damn kids breathe because we don't need that circulating back into their system because obviously it needs to get out, which is what the body's trying to do until you enclose it in because you're scared of a ridiculous virus that doesn't harm children. Of reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Halfway through the show already. It goes by way too fast, man. I don't care what any other show says. We are by far the fastest hour of radio on radio. Plus, we're on TV and on the live stream and on the podcasting. Trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. I'm super excited. Don't want to waste any time. Let's get right to our guest with the latest in what's trending. What's trending today? And on the phone with us, right off of uh, the main room there at the Capitol, right in the big, uh, you know, big the big grand hall that is the House of Representatives. Excited to have on the program our representative here from the fourth congressional district here in the state of Kansas. Excited to have on Congressman Ron Estes with us right now. Congressman, how are you, my friend? You know, I'm doing well, Andy. Uh, good to talk to you. And you're right, I am. Uh, we, we're doing a series of votes today, so. I actually just stepped off of the floor, and I'm I'm in the the back room, what we call the cloak room. I love it. Well, I appreciate you stepping out to to talk to us for a few minutes because it has been a while since we've chatted. I know you guys are really busy. Real quickly, talk about some of the votes that have come up today because 
Uh, I can only imagine with a Nancy Pelosi-run House of Representatives, they're probably not the most conservative bills that are on the floor today. Yeah, the, the votes today have been a series of amendments on a bill and then the bill itself to, to actually mandate that the Securities and Exchange Commission require ESG, which is basically environmental, social, and governance standards uh, on every corporation in America, that they, they come back and they have to report back of, of uh, you know, what they do with the, their environment footprint and mandate these standards around uh, how many people they hire, of, of which category, and, and making sure of, uh, you know, what type of people they have on their boards of directors and, you know, whether they check the box of uh, the right number of males and females and, and uh, um, you know, Caucasians and, and blacks and, and American Indians and trying to track all of that thing. So it's, it's really a big government overreach in terms of going through this process. Yeah. So in other words, it's going to try and regulate business on who you're allowed to hire, how you're allowed to hire them and what you're allowed to do with employees and with your products, because, well, it may be environmentally unfriendly. So therefore, I don't know if you're allowed to really expand your business right now. Yeah, it really is. And and it's another area where, the, where there's the mindset of the Democrats and the, you know, the socialism mindset where you control business is uh, to, to dictate what you can do. And, and you don't get to hire the best skilled employees. You have to hire the people that fill the check the boxes. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, one thing that I love uh, you to be able to be part of, because you were state treasurer here in the state of Kansas before you became a congressman, really into, that's why I think you and I jive on this. We talk about a lot about tax rates and the budgets and, and trying to get uh, fiscal responsibility back into the federal government. You're part of the Ways and Means Committee in the House of Representatives, and this is the season now that you guys are starting to get into appropriations talks, or at least you should be, uh, talking about the appropriations bills and getting into the federal budget. We've obviously spent way more money than we've ever spent before with COVID-19 and some of these other ridiculous plans that the Biden administration is going after. But where are we with these talks, and do we have at least a glimmer of hope in getting back to uh, appropriations bills instead of a big omnibus package for our federal budget this year? Yeah, you re- you really are. You hit the nail on the head in terms of talking about it. We're, our our national debt is now up to twenty eight trillion dollars, and it's just headed higher and higher. I mean, uh, President uh, Biden uh, introduced a, a bill to spend more than six trillion dollars this year, which you know when I first came to Congress four years ago, it was four point six trillion, and so it, it's it, and that was too big. That was spending more than we took in at that point in time. And he's just doubling down on, on increasing our national debt that our grandkids and and are, are going to have to pay back just to maintain the lifestyle we want today. And you, you'd ask about, uh, you know, what's going on on the tax front. You know, there's there's really two things that the Biden administration is pushing. Uh, one is just increasing rates across the board in America. And whether it's corporate rates, whether it's individual rates, whether it's rates on on anybody in terms of the process and, and what you do and, and how you do it. And, and, you know, the sad part about that is we had the, the economy humming in a great fashion in January and February of 2020 before COVID hit and, and the governor started shutting everything down. And yet that wasn't due to no small part to the tax cuts in 2017. And and now the, the Biden administration wants to undo that and raise rates again. And in addition to that, they're making it worse by their, their parallel path is – uh, they they are going out to other countries and trying to make agreements to have a global minimum tax mm. on every company throughout the world. And it's because they know if they raise rates in the United States that companies will start going back and they'll they'll start moving out of the United States. They'll be bought up by foreign companies and and we'll go back to where we were. Uh, we, you know, whereas 
you know, since 2017, when we passed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, there's not been a single company gone through the inversion process to be purchased by a foreign company. And in the meantime, we're seeing over and over again, people bringing manufacturing back into the United States, and we're seeing jobs in the United States. And they want to undo that. They want to increase a, a global minimum tax so that, in effect, the United States Treasury will get less money because it'll be taxed by some foreign country, and then they'll be able to duck that off their U.S. taxes. And, and at the end of the day, U.S. Treasury will be less. And our our, country, our companies will say, you know what, it's, it's not economically feasible to, to locate more jobs in the United States. And that, that's the sad part of what they're trying to do. It is a sad part. And we, we've talked about that. And luckily, we have Ireland, which I don't usually praise Ireland for their political views a whole lot. But Ireland kind of threw a wrench in that system where they said, no, sorry, we're going to keep our corporate tax rate at 12 percent. So any country or any company that wants to come over here, you're more than welcome to do so. And I give them credit for that, because just one or two countries that don't do that, then they're going to see a massive increase in in uh, corporations wanting to file their headquarters over there as they try to raise these rates though i mean i'm curious on why now because we're still coming after a covid19 pandemic we shut down businesses we made people uh, get on unemployment they were struggling financially we're just starting to get things opened up we still have a labor shortage right now trying to get people back to work with all the unemployment benefits but yet we want to raise individual and corporate tax rates while they're trying to say hey maybe i can actually open my doors and see if i can't make it through this thing and now we want to put another tax burden on them. To me, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense economically. I mean, if you you ask every economist, and I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find any economist, Republican or Democrat, that would say it makes sense coming out of a economic slowdown or a recession to raise taxes because you're going to cut off that economic growth that we're seeing as, as people, as, as companies are starting to get back and they're hiring people and, you know, we get we can get people off the unemployment rolls to go back to, to work in their jobs or, or a new job so that they can actually take care of their family. And, and the Biden administration just doesn't seem to, they don't get that. They think that government's the answer for every problem in the world. And they want to make sure that they take as much of the pie as possible from what you and I and every company and every individual earn so that they can spend it on their pet projects. And part of that gets back to they don't mind having high tax rates because then they'll give credits and and deductions for special projects to all of their friends. And so at the end of the day, it's the special interest to get treated well out of that process and, and the rest of America has to suffer. It's unfortunate. We're talking with Congressman Ron Estes, my congressman right here in the 4th District of the state of Kansas. Let's talk about part of this a little bit with the infrastructure package. I know it's been floating around for a while. There's been new hope, a revived hope, I guess, from Democrats saying they're willing to compromise some on it. But then at the same time, we hear about Al Gore calling Joe Biden and saying, you know, you really need to keep those Green New Deal packages in the infrastructure package. Have you heard anything latest on this? Where is it right now? And uh, is this part of the budgetary discussions going on right now? Or is that just another separate, oh, this will be another $1 trillion, $2 trillion package on top of our regular federal budget? It, it is another $2 trillion, although uh, President Biden said, well, what, maybe I could lower it to $1.7 trillion. <laughs> uh, but it, it is, it is you know, the, Everybody believes in infrastructure in terms of, you know, we want to have good roads. We want to have safe bridges to drive across. You know, we want to make sure that our our ports and our our waterways are are functioning well. 
And so everybody agrees with infrastructure, but what they've done is they've taken this bill that they're they're marketing as an infrastructure bill, and in reality they're they're requiring all these green new deal provisions. Uh, they're actually they're going to spend uh, only five percent of the bill on roads and bridges, and they're going to spend over one hundred and seventy four billion dollars, which is more than on roads and bridges. They're going to spend it on electrical vehicle carve-outs and, and special credits and, and uh, other special exemptions just for electric vehicles, more so than they spend on roads and bridges. And at, at the end of the day, it, it's it's really false uh, false advertising in terms of what they're doing. And uh, they're, they're lumping so many things into infrastructure that, that aren't infrastructure the way we, we think about it. They're mandating union membership for uh, people in old age homes because they want to take care of of elderly infrastructure, quote unquote, wow. and so we need we need to continue to push back and say let's let's at least be honest, and that's part of the problem is there's there's too many politicians that, that won't be honest in terms of what they're talking about, and and we need to push back on that and and continue to do that. Yeah, I mean it's so frustrating because we get packages where sometimes we actually do need something, whether it's you know COVID relief for small business, whether it's infrastructure to some degree, and then it always gets blown up to where that'll be great, and we'll debate that five percent of the bill, and that five percent of the bill is make or break, and if you don't, then military people don't have resources, people are dying in the streets, whatever. But the other massive part of the bills have absolutely nothing to do with what they're actually calling it, and that's why people are absolutely frustrated. And I hope that most Republicans just do a hard line no on this bill because we know that there's going to be so much pork in it. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I can't believe we're out of time already. Congressman Ron Estes, we had about 30 seconds left here, but uh, keep up the fight. It's always good to talk to you. I wanted to get to some of the Fauci emails and some of the other stuff you guys are doing, but we'll get you back on the program again real soon. But keep up the fight in D.C. I know it's hard being in the minority right now, but uh, I know that uh, a lot of conservatives still supporting you guys, so we appreciate what you do. Yeah, well, thank you. And, and uh, there's a lot of good folks here keeping up the fight. And, you know, as we talked about in Bible study this morning is that, you know, we're, we're wanting to make sure that we do the right thing and, and uh, you know, feel feel positive with that, having God to support us in the, in the effort that we're doing. Amen to that. Congressman, keep up the fight. We appreciate it. We'll get you back on the show again here real soon. And we appreciate your time very, very much. That's it. Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District of Kansas here. We'll get him back on the program real soon. Back at it. We're on the floor as he goes back to do some more crazy votes for Nancy Pelosi. We... We'll continue to support them on conservatism here. Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? 
because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. See, that was one of those moments where I talk about being the fastest hour of radio on radio, the fastest time flies by. I literally thought I had to look at the time and stop myself because I was about ready to go into the next question, and I literally realized we had 20 seconds left, and I thought we still had four to five minutes. I thought we still had half the interview left, and yet we were already done. So uh, thanks again to Congressman Ron Estes coming on the program, 4th District of Kansas, right here in my area, in the Wichita area. And on the Ways and Means Committee, one of the most, to me, one of the most important committees you could possibly be on talking about our taxes and budgets and appropriations. For those that don't know, on the appropriations process, the federal budget is not big one lump sum bill, or at least it's not supposed to be. The last few years, really, since Obama took over 2009 2010 is really when it started happening was we started doing these big omnibus bills where we just throw everything into it we have to pass it to see what's in it and then we end up passing these ridiculous monstrosities with so much spending and we have no idea where it's going no idea where it's going when the appropriate process is 12 appropriations bills 12 of them and they're on certain topics, they're on certain items, and each uh, department, each agency comes up and says, I need funding for this, and you know, we had this much money, and we need this much money this year, or we had this much money left over last year, and we're, we want to do these programs. And you try and fight to see if you can keep your spending. And Congress sits there as the duty of the House of Representatives, because that's their duty under the Constitution, is to uh, have the power of the purse and decide where the money goes, is to sit and listen to these arguments and decide, you know what, yes, you can have this much money, no, you don't need this much money, and we go through the entire federal government and we decide on what's important and what's not important. That's the 12 appropriations bills. We have not done that in like 10 years, and it's frustrating because we need to get back to that process. A couple of years ago, we got like four of them done. Four or five of them done, but that was about it. And it's frustrating, and we bang our head against the wall uh, with this process. So let's get back to that. And right now, it doesn't seem like we're doing it. So from what he said, we're doing this infrastructure package on top of our federal budget. We're doing this American Families Plan that they want to do on top of our federal budget. We've done all these COVID, uh, COVID stimulus packages on top of our federal budget. Where we get the money for all this, I don't really know. Not quite sure. But it's not the way that our government's supposed to actually operate. So I know it's difficult, and we're probably not going to see reasonable common sense get back into our federal budget under Democrat-run and Democrat-controlled individuals in the House, uh, kind of in the Senate and the presidency as well. Because if we pass a budget that says, hey, we're going to do like what we proposed, I don't know, 10 years back. Remember the Tea Party, the cut, cap, and balance? Remember that plan? That was awesome. 
and they didn't get anywhere. Didn't go in. It didn't get past committee. I don't think so. I don't think it even got to the floor on either chamber to actually get voted on. But the cut cap and balance bill, I remember that one. That was legit. And uh, the Tea Party created that one. We were going to cut the budget. We were going to balance the budget, and we were going to cap the budget on what you could be allowed to actually spend based on the GDP. Because we've shattered that glass ceiling every year as well, where you're only supposed to, you know, consume like ten or twelve or fifteen percent of the the GDP gross domestic product with the you know the economy that grows. You and I doing our thing that increases economic value in the country. The government's only supposed to take a certain percentage of that, a small percentage of that. To use on government programs and now we just don't care we're at like 20 30 percent now and which is what's going to bankrupt us because when they consume more of it into the public sector as opposed to keeping it in the private sector that's when we start to see issues in the nation people that are staying in poverty people that aren't able to get out of poverty all these quote-unquote social programs that are supposed to fix all the issues that actually make things worse because people become dependent on them when are we going to end covid19 unemployment benefits across the nation i know some states have stopped it and guess what their employments went up businesses are back at it i gotta admit i feel really bad for small businesses all over the nation because not only were you shut down because you were non-essential over the last year with covid but you're trying to open up and distribution of goods, uh, raw materials, products that you're trying to get in. They're not coming in because the trade routes and the distribution was all messed up because of COVID. So you don't have the product coming into your business that you need to sell or the raw material you need to make your product in order to sell. The raw material prices have skyrocketed, so it's more expensive to make them. You can't hire anybody because people don't want to go back to work because they're sitting on the unemployment benefits, and then you're trying to turn around and keep the prices at a reasonable rate for the consumer to actually spend their money when their budget's tight, too, because they're trying to keep their finances intact after COVID and after maybe being laid off and everything, too. How are you surviving? Guys, I'm sorry. I love you. I'm sorry, small business that never gets any representation in Washington, D.C. I'm sorry for what you're going through. Know that you have support. Know that we're here to support you. Consumers, whenever you get a chance, try and shop at a local store all over the country, wherever you are, and make sure the ones that actually, you know, do things appropriately, not make you have to wear masks, not try to prove your validation of a vaccine, you know, actually just open and say, I'm here. Please buy my products. Please come and work for me because I need your help do that because that's how we get our economy going and we can do that by the way without the government getting involved that's always the best option isn't it that does it for us today podcast going up in just a little bit back at it tomorrow for another day this is the voice of reason i'm andy hoosier everybody have a wonderful wednesday Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.